0: Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and award winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, our award-winning Docs in a Pod podcast, available wherever you get your podcast, or you may be listening to us over the air as well. We're delighted either way to have you with us. Our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria, is with us. Dr. Baria is medical director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for nearly seven years, currently a provider at the WellMed at Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. Dr. Baria... Went to Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree. She also completed a residency and an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary's Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. Barry is board certified in family medicine, which she will tell you she loves. Barry hangs out in St. Petersburg, Florida, and has been uh, an avid traveler. Spends time with her daughter and their uh, beloved dogs and husband. And we are delighted, Audrey, to have you with us. Oh, it's
1: great to be back, Ron.
0: I discovered something when we were talking the other day. Your husband is a huge Formula One fan.
1: Oh yes, he is. I think he thought he was a uh, race car driver in a former life.
0: So, as he thought about uh, perhaps experimenting with it, you can go to driver school if you want.
1: Oh, he's done that. Those uh, Richard Petty experiences, <laughs> right. and yeah, I. Twice I got him those, and he thought he wasn't going fast enough on the uh, courses. So
0: At 200 miles an hour, it wasn't fast yeah, enough? Yeah, no, it wasn't fast wow. enough. Wow, that's pretty cool. So we've got a great topic today, and I know that uh, in your experience as a uh, primary care physician, you see it a lot, and that is pneumonia, diagnosis, prevention, and all that. And we're going to welcome our guest, uh, who is Dr. Sarah Kent. Uh, Dr. Kent is a physician at the USMD Crossroads Clinic in Crossroads, Texas, earned a medical degree from the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine, completed a residency at the University of Illinois College of Medicine in Peoria, Illinois. Dr. Kent is board certified in family medicine, and when not playing doctor, she likes scrapbooking, crocheting, and watching sports, and running. So you're a runner, Dr. Kent.
2: Yes, I'm a crazy runner. Got up and ran four miles this morning. Are you into any of those Ironman competitions? No, but my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, did a triathlon recently, and so I'm hoping to join her and complete one myself. I have to get a bike first.
0: Yeah, that's uh, run, bike, (laughs) and swim, right?
2: Yep. Yep. Good for her. Did she enjoy it? She did. It was amazing. So she was the first one in our family to do a triathlon. So. I think hopefully she's caught the bug. What sparked
0: that interest?
2: Uh, you know, I like to run. She had some interest in running, and she likes to swim and bikes. So we thought, well, we'll 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 put it try. together. Yep, yep. And there's a there's a lot of options here in uh, North Texas.
0: That's pretty cool. Well, let us know when you uh, try your first triathlon.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So I want to jump to the topic that uh, you are interested in talking about, and that's recognizing and understanding the signs of pneumonia. And for those who are listening to us on Doxinopod, a Pod, uh, give us the 411. What is pneumonia? Uh,
2: pneumonia is an infection within the lungs.
0: And obviously our lungs are pretty important
2: hmm Definitely. It, it can affect all, all parts of the body and, and general well-being.
0: And, and is pneumonia something that can hit people at any age?
2: Yes, for sure. Any, any Anybody uh, can, can get pneumonia. Obviously, younger uh, babies, infants, along with older adults, are at higher risk, along with anybody else with chronic conditions, underlying lung conditions, smokers, Uh, Really, anybody can be affected, obviously, higher risk patients more so.
1: And immunocompromised also. Correct, yes.
0: And pneumonia, obviously, can be life-threatening.
2: It it definitely definitely can and can progress quickly, even in someone who's well. So talk to us
0: about the signs of pneumonia and what we should be aware of uh, where we might be at risk.
2: Right. So, so for, I mean, most respiratory infections, including head cold, you know, sinus infection, you have the, you might have the initial runny nose, cough, congestion, and that can progress to a deeper lung infection. And those symptoms can be more systemic. You might have more fatigue, fever, fever, deeper, longer lasting cough. Um, shortness of breath, wheezing, those are all signs that there may be something more significant than just your run-of-the-mill head cold.
0: We're going to continue the conversation in a moment, but for those who may have just joined us, want to let you know you're listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Our podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can hear us on the radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Our special guest today is Dr. Sarah Kent, Uh, Dr. Kent is with USMD Crossroads Clinic in Crossroads, Texas. And our co host, Dr. Audrey Barry, is with us as well. And we're delighted to be talking about something as important as pneumonia. Uh, There are vaccines, are there not, Dr. Kent, uh, that minimize risk for pneumonia?
2: Definitely. And there are several that have been out for many years. Uh, Pneumovax, uh, Prevnar-13 are some of the ones patients maybe have heard of. More recently, uh, uh, there are newer versions, Prevnar-20, Prevnar-15, which can add to um, protection that someone that only had the, the previous vaccines may want to consider getting uh, to bolster their, their immune support for that.
0: And obviously, there are different kinds of pneumonia, right?
2: Right, right. So there's uh, viral pneumonia, which probably is more the more common and less severe. There's bacterial pneumonia, which can be a, a little bit more severe, along with uh, a pneumonia from fungal infections. There's also something called aspiration pneumonia, which happens when um, someone who maybe has swallowing difficulties, um, either some of the food contents or their saliva find their way into the lungs, and it causes an infection there.
0: I mean, you've heard a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, this went down the wrong tube.
2: Yes, I mean that happens quite I mean it happens to me quite often. But this would be something more significant where you're not just having the the the, the cough and that tickle where you get that irritation there. Um, this would be more significant drainage into the lungs, you know, someone who isn't able to swallow correctly or, or control their their saliva. And
0: they'd be an example of someone more yeah. at risk for pneumonia. What would be the other categories? Asking for a friend, if somebody had, for example, pulmonary hypertension, a kind of odd pressure in their lungs, might they be at risk for pneumonia?
2: Right. Anybody with um, any type of chronic condition is at as at higher risk. And you know, we talked about the the pneumonia vaccines uh, patients that have heart disease, diabetes, uh, obviously chronic lung issues are are people that should consider having extra protection for pneumonia with the vaccine, but are at higher risk just in general with any respiratory illness kind of progressing to a pneumonia.
0: And if you get pneumonia, uh, maybe you're not vaccinated, maybe you are, but you develop another form of pneumonia, doesn't penicillin just knock it out? You don't have to worry about it?
2: Well, that's that's the, the problem with pneumonia. A lot of times it, it, we don't know exactly which bug it, it is, you know, if it's a virus or a uh, bacteria. And so we we choose antibiotics and treatments based on what's most common. Uh, sometimes if someone's in the hospital, you know, we're able to get a sample and you know target treatment. But, you know, the what what's a little bit um confusing about the, the vaccines is that the vaccines are for very particular types of pneumonia. So it doesn't protect you against all pneumonias, just some of the more severe uh and uh more severe infections that can lead to hospitalization.
0: Now, do you and Dr. Beria see much pneumonia in your practices? Audrey, what about you?
1: No, not um, usually. It's usually upper respiratory infections, but that's what we want to keep an eye on and make sure that they don't progress into pneumonia. And so one of the things that I always tell my patients is call us first for the first sign of not feeling well. So that, you know, don't call us on your way to the emergency room, we could have taken care of you if
2: you had called us at the first sign, you know? Um, Exactly. So.
0: Yeah. Dr. Kent.
2: Yeah. I would, I would echo that as well. You know, generally I'm seeing a lot of sinus infections, head colds uh, in my older or more uh, patients with more chronic conditions. I'll, I'll, maybe see more pneumonias. A lot of times it's someone in the hospital, but the goal is to catch an infection early and take measures to to prevent the progression to pneumonia. Wait, now not waiting to the last minute.
0: <laughs> it's like As Audrey said, calling on the way to the ER.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a little late to make that call to your PCP. <laughs> the, the new RSV vaccine Uh, that came out. I jumped on it and was vaccinated for it. Is that something that you recommend for your patients?
2: Uh, I definitely have been. Uh, I I usually describe it as, you know, RSV is is a virus that's been around and we've known about for a long time. And usually we'll hear about it affecting babies and and little kids, but it actually does affect older adults more severely than, you know, you know, someone under 60 years old, so it can lead to hospitalization and significant pneumonia.
0: And Dr. Varya, are you as well recommending it to your patients?
2: Yes,
1: I am. For anybody who, definitely for anybody who has respiratory issues and um, is immunocompromised, so diabetes, lung disease, anything like that, I'm definitely recommending it to them.
0: I know that uh, there's a lot of interest and a lot has been written about uh, the varieties of air pollution that's out there no matter where you live. And I wonder, Dr. Kent, whether you see a correlation between that kind of exposure and developing pneumonia.
2: You know, I I guess I, in my experience, I haven't thought about that particular correlation but it definitely makes sense in that you know someone who smokes you have more pollution and more irritants from from that so living in an area where there are more chemicals uh, more uh, exhaust pollution that uh, you know irritates the lungs irritation can you know predispose someone to getting an infection so i'm sure there is some correlation
0: I'm amazed that people still smoke. I used to. We can talk about that in a moment. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, and Dr. Sarah Kent is with us. She's with USMD in uh, Crossroads Clinic in Crossroads, Texas. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. thanks so much for sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We're delighted to have you along with us on this award-winning podcast. Our special guest today, Dr. Sarah Kent. Dr. Kent is with USMD Crossroads Clinic in Crossroads, Texas. We're talking about signs and treatment and recognition of pneumonia. Dr. Audrey Barria, our co-host, is with us as well. And I'm Ron Aaron. Uh, So, Dr. Kent, I I was mentioning a moment ago, I'm amazed that there are still people who smoke. I used to. In fact, at one point, I smoked three packs a day. I quit in 1977. I uh, haven't smoked since, uh, but people still smoke.
2: Yeah, I, I know it's so surprising with with all the known ill effects, you know, related to lungs, vascular disease, I, you know, all of that. And, you know, I'll have uh, patients in their 70s tell me, well, I've smoked this long. What's the point of quitting? But you know, even just a few years can show great healing on the lungs and improvement in risk of infection and just general well-being. Well being, Audrey? It is
1: amazing to me um, when I see patients of mine that are already on oxygen and um, they still continue to smoke. So that, I mean, that's taking their life in their hands, literally, because with an oxygen tank close to a cigarette, if anything to, were to happen, you could literally blow yourself up.
0: Yeah, there'd be pieces of you all over the county. Yes, yes. Well, I worked with a guy years ago in radio who had emphysema, had oxygen, had a tank with him in the studio, and he was a heavy smoker. Now, he, he turned it. the tank off before he lit up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. i do not sure that guarantees safety.
1: I. Um, we used to have patients in the ho- who were hospitalized and you know, every hospital room has the hookup for the oxygen and they would sneak into the bathroom and smoke in the bathroom.
0: Wow. Uh. It's just amazing to me, mm-hmm. but it is very addictive. That's part mm-hmm. of the issue.
2: Yeah. It's very difficult, very difficult, but it can be done. Just need some support, persistence.
0: And so Dr. Kent, uh, when you think about uh, pneumonia, we talked about recognizing uh, pneumonia. Talk to me more about treatment. I, I had, uh, since I'm not a doctor and I don't practice except here on the radio, I, I said, well, you know, you got pneumonia, you get penicillin. You very quickly pointed out it may not be bacterial. It could be viral. What are the differences?
2: Well, it <laughs> Clinically, sometimes it's it's hard to really know. So uh, in my practice and what I'll usually see in when a patient's in the hospital is that, you know, obviously an antibiotic isn't going to help a virus, but a pneumonia is a serious infection. So a lot of times we'll cover for a bacterial cause with, uh, you know, an antibiotic to help there. Because like, most of the time we don't ever clearly find out what what bug it it is or was. And so we try our best to, based on the situation, pick the antibiotic that would work the best.
0: And if it's viral, does it just have to run its course?
2: Yes, and just taking measures for general health, making sure the lungs are aerated, you know, if you're needing albuterol or nebulizers to kind of open the lungs. Some patients that have asthma or emphysema or just a severe infection need something to help decrease inflammation. So they might be on steroids or prednisone or, or uh, taking medications like mucinex or guaifenesin that can kind of break up the mucus. That can be helpful as well.
0: And I know after uh, surgery, most people I can remember getting that little device you blow into yes, and you got to raise spread. that little bubble, right?
2: <laughs> right. And so, what is that doing for you? Uh, in your lungs. Yeah, yeah. Helps expand the lungs.
1: Because, and I was going to say symptomatic relief also. So, you know, you hear this thing about walking pneumonia and that's because the patient doesn't even know that they have pneumonia. And they have a cough. They feel a little tired or run down. Um And then that might be going on for a week or so. And then you're just like, oh, you know, maybe I should go see my provider. And that's how we find out by listening to their lungs that, hey, we we think that this is what you have. Mm -hmm. But um, and if you're coughing, you know, to get some sort of cough medicine and and if the symptoms, let's say you've been treated and you've still, you know, you think you've run its course and you're still not feeling any better the provider might actually order a chest X-ray because at that point we need to see what's really going on. We've tried everything else conservatively.
0: And, and when you listen to the lungs, what are you looking for? And what are you hearing?
2: So I'm That's- listening if, for, if there's good air movement, if I can hear air movement kind of throughout, because if there isn't, if there's an area where I don't hear as much, there could be a collection of fluid Uh, With pneumonia, you'll also likely hear crackles, like popping sounds when someone breathes in.
0: And for those who uh, may have AFib, for example, you mentioned fluid retention. Uh, Lots of folks on AFib who have AFib uh, end up on a diuretic to kind of drain that liquid off their heart and lungs. Does that work?
2: I mean, it, that helps with, with the fluid from the heart, but it, that, those water pills or diuretics aren't necessarily going to help with the fluid from a pneumonia. That has to clear from decreasing the infection, inflammation, getting those lungs to expand.
0: And for those who don't understand how lungs work, take us down to the very basic of what is that lung doing? How does it pull oxygen out of the air?
2: Right. So so at the very tips of the lungs are the alveoli. That's the, the very ends of the lungs. That That's where the air exchange happens, where oxygen that you breathe in is transferred to uh, little capillaries and blood vessels that take it to the heart and then throughout the body. So if you have fluid in that area from pneumonia or even from heart failure or something like that, you don't have that area for that exchange. And so that's where you get the shortness of breath and the lower oxygen levels.
0: And where should your oxygen level be?
2: It technically normal is 92% or above. Although if someone is completely healthy, young and I'm seeing an oxygen level of 92, I'm a little bit concerned. Usually I'd like to see it, you know, 95 or higher. Uh, someone that has emphysema or COPD, Depending on where they normally are, I'm okay with them around 92, 90. It just kind of depends on what your usual baseline is.
0: And what is COPD?
2: Uh, It's just emphysema, chronic lung disease.
0: And you see the ads on TV where grandpa can't breathe until he takes his pills and then he's fine. Yeah. And that shortness of breath. What's that? Or his inhalers.
2: Inhalers, yeah.
0: Right, the inhaler, exactly. So before we run out of time here, let's come back to other issues that might affect the lungs uh, and, and chest area that we should be aware of, Dr. Kent. Uh, pneumonia certainly being one. What else should we worry about? Uh,
2: um, heart disease and um, g- general well-being, blood pressure, um Just chronic conditions in general have an effect over the entire body. So, working on healthy living, good sleep, uh, activity, exercise—kind of a little bit of everything. And then you
0: mentioned early on, Doctor Baria, that a diabetes certainly has a huge impact uh, on on your heart, on your lungs, on your well being, Uh, and it's a huge problem across this country.
1: Absolutely, Uh, more and more. You know, the supersizing of everything has contributed to the increase in diabetes, and especially in the younger generation as well, Um, with obesity also being linked with diabetes. And um, just that's why what Dr. Kent is saying about general well being we need to be mindful of what we're putting into our bodies and what we're eating and moderation. As opposed to exercise. And we've
0: we've danced around uh, exercise, Dr. Kent. Mm-hmm. I know both you and Dr. Bari, I recommend it to your patients. What do you tell them? What do you recommend they do?
2: Well, the goal for exercise is I usually tell patients 30 minutes a day. But for a lot of people, that seems daunting, whether it's physically or time-wise. So I, I say start small. Work on fitting in five minutes. Every day, and then increase to ten, and then fifteen, and gradually your body will get used to that, and then you'll also get used to finding that time. So, you know, starting baby steps and working towards that ultimate goal of thirty minutes a day. And
0: what do you recommend they do?
2: I uh, start with something that find something that's fun because if it's fun and it's something you want to do, you're more likely to keep keep doing it, and so. Even something simple as walking with a family member or walking a dog, that's a good start. And
0: again, if you want to start small, you can do that and then build up over time.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Once you're able to find
2: five minutes, ten minutes is easier to find, and then 15, and then it becomes a habit.
0: Now you're a runner, you you were telling us. uh, How much how much do you run?
2: I, I, I'm, I'm crazy. I, I, huh. for my mental health, I usually try to do four miles a day. So.
0: Well, Dr. Baria it. is smiling because we talked with her the other day on one of our docs in a pod programs about self-care and Dr. Baria, what Dr. Kent is suggesting is her self-care is running.
2: I love it. I love yep. it. She, I'm uh, a better person when I run.
1: Yeah. She's <laughs> and got those. The endorphins going,
0: and mm-hmm. so she's uh, she's a you happy said it partner. affects your mental health, uh, keeps your head straight, right?
2: Yeah, I my patient, I have more patients for my family.
0: <laughs> That's cool. You have the one daughter who's uh, who's a runner, other kids?
2: Yes, I have uh, twin 14 year olds, one's boys into or baseball, girls? one's in- they're boys, one's into baseball, one's into robots.
0: <laughs> That's cool, yeah. Well, we have twin boys who are 10 and a little girl who's 12. So uh, I understand juggling twins. (laughs) So thank you. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Sarah Kent, USMD at Crossroads Clinic in Crossroads, Texas. For Dr. Audrey Barria, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Medrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra, and associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.